Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jody Vance for Mike Smith with Keith Baldry, Global News Legislative Bureau Chief. It is Baldry's Beat. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Jody. It is one of those days today. I almost don't know where to begin with the breaking news coming fast and furious. We we just got word that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau and Sophie Gregoire Trudeau are separating after 18 years of marriage. Uh, uh, More news has just rolled in uh, south of the border with regard to former President Donald Trump. His co-conspirators now um, receiving uh, separate indictments, uh, compliments Mm -hmm. of special counsel Jack Smith. I want to get into all of that with you, but can we start with the news conference that's right here at home first in in under 30 minutes from now with BC Ferries? Yeah, so this is is almost unprecedented. BC Ferries uh, executive, CEO, and I assume other members of the executive team are going to hold a news conference uh, ahead of the weekend travel um, schedule. We've never seen this before, and all, I've been covering BC Ferries for decades. Never seen a news conference like this. Uh, David Hahn was always in the media when he was running BC Ferries, so it was usually it was almost one-on-one. You know, he'd phone NW, he'd phone CBC, he'd phone Global. You know, he'd, he'd be there one-on-one, but never at a news conference. So I think this is a sign that BC Ferries realizes they really dropped the ball for a couple of weeks with all these, you know, supposed nine sailing weights on the website when a website wasn't accurate, massive confusion, um, you know, foot passengers having to wait for sailings for the first time in memory, uh, mechanical problems. So they're, they're having a news conference at 10.30 this morning here in Victoria. We'll see what comes of that. Not sure there's going to be any actual news in this thing, but I think this is an indication they realized that being absent from the public eye and not answering questions for a couple of weeks just was not acceptable uh, to the to the public that uses BC Ferries. And we'll see what uh, Nicholas Jimenez has to say at 1030 along with his team. And we will have that for you. Of course, we'll give you all of the newsworthy nuggets of that uh, press briefing at 1030. Now, let's shift. We want to talk about the big news out of the U.S. I got a couple of clips I want to play here. This is uh, a moment that had been anticipated widely uh, when Jack Smith, special counsel, the Justice Department special counsel, announced the indictment of former U.S. President Donald Trump for uh, January 6th. Have a listen. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government. A fairly simplistic 45-page, very targeted and sternly worded document is this indictment. Alyssa Farah Griffin, former White House comms person, uh, commented on CNN about this third indictment. Listen to this. 
This is the third indictment of the former president, but the first for actions during his time as president. Um, so be, that in and of itself makes it a historic moment. What I think he is going to hate in reading this is that, frankly, his best legal defense is going to say, I was too foolish and ignorant to know that I lost the election. I did not understand our democratic process well enough to know that these schemes do not work, that I do not have the right to engage in what my lawyers are presenting. It, frankly, pleading ignorance and stupidity is the best legal defense, and he's going to hate that. But one thing that I think is kind of remarkable about this moment, the third indictment, he's got muscle memory now. I'm just looking at the first statements coming out. The, his allies are lining up around him. Sitting members of Congress, senators are defending him. They are coordinated. They have decided what the line is. This is about Hunter Biden. It's the weaponization of the DOJ. He was ready for this. That's a scary moment for our country. Scary. Scary indeed. This, I mean, this is a landmark event. I mean, it, you know, say it's unprecedented. It doesn't do it justice. I mean, we've got a former president basically charged with trying to overthrow the country, which is what he was trying to do here. He's trying to overturn the outcome of a democratic election. Uh, and I've long said from day one, this is far more serious than paying hush money to a stripper or porn star far more serious yeah. than being accused of holding classified documents, although that charge is very serious as well. This is basically try, almost treason that he's been charged with here, and he's in deep trouble. I mean, and it's interesting that I think the Republican Party's in deep trouble as well. Having said that, the New York Times yesterday had a poll that showed um, when asked who would they want to be president, uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump were in a statistical tie at 42% each. Yeah. So that country remains very divided. There are going to be many people south of the border who just don't accept this. As you mentioned, it's just a, a weaponization of the Department of Justice. This is some sort of gamed prosecution uh, effort by Jack Smith. There's a huge chunk of the population that will subscribe to that theory. But the other side of the equation is a huge chunk of people in the United States who will regard Donald Trump as a crook and a traitor. And this charge is more evidence of that. And it was interesting. I was watching Trump's current counsel on CNN uh, with Caitlin Collins last evening on this subject and trying to find a defense to put forward. The one that he chose was to basically say, oh, well, if we're going to start holding politicians to account when they lie, that'll be the end of America. And mm -hmm. it was like, wow, okay, uh, that's, oh, okay. <laughs> well, he, he did more than lie. I mean, Trump lies all the time, but he is on a tape phoning yeah. a Georgia official, asking this official to find more than 11,000 votes uh, to give to yeah. him to ensure that he wins the state of Georgia. This wasn't just a lie. This was an active uh, request by a president to overturn a Democratic election. So it goes beyond line. And the pre previous commentator talked about his the best defense will be one of ignorance, which I don't think yeah. is going to hold. I, you know, There's been a number of commentators who have suggested and analysts that it's increasingly likely Donald Trump will die in prison because he will be sentenced to enough years that will surpass his lifespan. Unless, Which is a remarkable, remarkable situation. There's no question. Unless a pardon is put into place by a Republican president. And, unless a, a pardon, unless he somehow, you know, right now he is the odds-on favorite to win the Republican Party nomination. He's got a right. 
37-point lead, I think, over Ron DeSantis and uh, other challengers in the Republican field. Um, not sure that'll hold up, but I would say if you had to bet right now, I think it's going to be Biden versus Trump uh, for the next election. I would not count Trump out because of the resilience of that Republican base, but um, the odds don't look good for him. Let's bring it back home here, Keith. Uh, Baldry's beat, uh, obviously, right here in our backyard, so very important. I want to just touch on the the businesses that are closing due to the shattered windows and abuse and violence. We saw the J.J. Bean down the Woodward's building, the owner there just saying, you know what, we're just handing it all back. We can't do this anymore. What can be done here? Yeah, that was a very sad story. Um, Basically, they've been hit so many times with with vandalism and abusive behavior by people around that area who come in, harass the staff. He tells uh, the owner was telling the story of someone who, not a customer, demanded to use the bathroom, and when they were refused, threw a glass um, a, a glass at one of the one of the staff people. It wasn't a safe situation for them, and they're not alone. We've done numerous stories. Yeah on businesses in the downtown core who have been hit with a spate of violence and vandalism. Um, not sure exactly. I mean, the, the government recently announced a program to uh, allow businesses to access some modest funding to um, to replace broken windows and such. But it's a, it's a terrible situation. It's a combination of uh, homelessness, uh, mental health issues, drug addiction, and that's the vulnerable area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's a terrible situation, and that that story speaks volumes of the situation so many communities find themselves in. Uh, checked out your column, North Shore News. Uh, dire need to build more long term care homes. I I had um, uh, Gavin McIntosh uh, of the Care Group. Uh, who was, uh, they just opened the doors at Casa Mia down on Southwest Marine Drive. And, you know, the demand for that, you know, the, the doors open and people start like clamoring to get in there, just needing places to go in long-term care. Well, um, yeah, our, I mean, our society is graying so rapidly. I mean, the number of seniors is is just increasing exponentially almost. And therefore, you know, people in their 70s don't need to access long-term care, but people in their 80s and 90s in many instances do. There's also the added issue of a growing number of dementia-ridden people in their 80s and 90s, and they can't live at home. They need care. And it's best not to have them tying up a bed in a hospital, which totally. is basically the case now. So the you know, we've announced the the um, building of six new long-term care homes just in the last few months, which is unprecedented. We didn't build long-term care homes in BC for decades because there wasn't an urgency attached to it. The, the population wasn't graying as much, but now the baby baby boomer generation is starting to retire in big big numbers and also starting to age in big numbers. The number of people in their 80s in Surrey is going to increase by 240% over the next 5 to 10 years, which is a huge right. number. That's just Surrey. And so you need these facilities. In fact, it's just my column, the need for long-term care facilities and assisted living facilities and well-staffed facilities and modern and well-paid staff is going to dwarf the need for hospitals in many communities around BC. And that's, that's the wave of the future. (laughs) 
I think that might have been you and me on the roller coaster at the Peony. I just wanted to play a little wooden roller coaster audio for you, Mr. Peony himself. The coaster is 65, Keith Baldry. 65, yes. Oh, so many fond memories. As I said, I've bragged many times on this segment. I think I hold the record for most wooden roller coaster rides, uh, having worked at the Peony for 10 years as a kid. Yep. And that was just, those were 17-day fares, so that's 170 days I worked there. I rode the roller coaster at least a couple times every day, usually to wake up in the morning. The ride guys would let me on for free and let a lot of carnies on, on for free ride for, for free there. So I'd say more than 500 rides. Uh, and I just, it, it's, a, it's a marvel of engineering and architecture. It's a wooden roller coaster. It's not the metal kind. You see in so many places south of the border, it uh, rivals the Coney Island Cyclone and all sorts of things. It's a, it's a true marvel, and it's going to have a 65th anniversary this week. That's right. Today, in fact, I actually reached out to Laura Balance to double check that you had ridden it the most times. I thought there was somebody who maybe, and she's like, you know what? Maybe Laura Balance could could <laughs> rival the Keith Baldry. Maybe but, but Laura. Not, not well, many. Laura's- maybe. Laura's been the spokesperson for the Peony for a number of years, so maybe she's sneaking she rides has. on there all the time. Maybe she Trying is. To catch okay, my, let's get to the phones. <laughs> I only did about seven years as the cruiser community cruiser driver for Rock 101 CFMI, our sister station, and so I, I did spend about about seven years of coaster riding, but so I, I don't quite catch Keith Baldry. Uh, let's catch Keith Baldry with some phone calls here. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 is a free call on your cell. George in Vancouver, you are up first. Welcome. Jody, thank you very much. Your second uh, biggest George fan, I'm sure. Uh, just three quick bullet points. A huge fan of both of you. and We're very lucky to have uh, intelligent discourse in this province. On Trudeau, uh, I don't think he'll be running next election. He's going to take the same fateful walk his father did 40 years ago to the day, February 29th, and I believe he will resign at that point, and we'll have Freeland versus Pulliver, which will be a toss-up. Singh will be finished. On Trump, uh, it's a horrific uh, disaster down, down south. I think Trump will do what he always does, negotiate at the last minute for the pardon to get out, and he will put his support behind either Tom, Tim Scott or DeSantis and uh, get his way out that way. Uh, and that'll be either versus Newsom or Michelle. I don't think uh, Biden will run in that case. Thirdly, just a, a quick forecast on the ferries. One thing that hasn't been talked about is the rapidly rising price of diesel and f- fuel and oil. So I hope the president, when he does his uh, talk today, uh, talks about hedging out the price of diesel. I don't want more cost increases due to fuel costs. That's easily avoidable. Thank you so much. Take care. Huge fan. Bye-bye. Thanks, George. Yeah, very interesting call. Very good points. Uh, will Trudeau run again? I'm starting to lean towards no, um, but he has proven to be very stubborn, and you know he's he's won he's you know won when he's not supposed to win. Uh, I got to keep on. Everybody talks about Christian Freeland, which is obvious, but uh, another name is Dominic LeBlanc, who is a close associate with Trudeau. Uh, ticks off a lot of boxes. Um, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. I think he may. Uh, jump into the leadership race should one be created if Trudeau uh, starts to pack it in. In terms of um, Trump, maybe he gets a pardon. Maybe that's the way out of uh, out of this for him. I in the George mentioned Tim Scott, who's a U.S. senator, um, a dark horse candidate here. Ron DeSantis is going backwards. There's going to have to be he someone is. who's an alternative to Trump, and maybe it's Scott. I don't think it's Chris Christie. 
who's really belligerent. Nikki Haley? Uh, well, maybe Nikki Haley. Um, I think it's going to. I don't see that either. I think the, the Republican base is so enamored with Trump. I don't see how the nominee will be anyone other than Trump. And as for fairies, uh, they got $500 million from the government to deal with fare increases and to keep fare increases down. It can't, money can't be used for anything else, just for fares. So I don't think the urgency is there of uh, when it comes to fuel costs, like it was just even a couple of years ago. A half billion dollars goes so, a long way. It does. It, well, let's hope. But, and yet still we've had all these disruptions. And as you mentioned off the top of the first segment, an unprecedented um, press briefing to be held in just a matter of minutes here, mm-hmm. uh, five minutes time, and we'll, we'll glean any newsiness from it. But the, is it just like the expectation of, of calm your nerves ahead of this long weekend? Because it's going to be another one of those, I guess. Well, they're going to they're pledge that every vessel um, available is going to be in service, that there will be all hands on deck, so to speak. Um, but I don't think you can, yeah, I don't think you can, you know, automatically guarantee there's not going to be a sailing weight or two on the long weekend. There always is. I'm not always unlikely is. to think there won't be this weekend. Yeah, everybody plans to Get a to reservation. That... If you're get taking a ferry, get a reservation. Keith Baldry, as always, thank you. All we'll right. talk tomorrow. See you later.